A couple weeks ago, I wish Rodeo were here, got up and shared, and he sparked something in me. And uh, as he got up and shared, he was sharing through a veil. And I thought, this could be a lot of fun. We could have to come to church to share with a costume of some sort. We might be the Lone Ranger or Tonto or who knows what. But it would just bring a little bit of a different aspect to it. Now, that wouldn't be a distraction from the fact that we have to hold the microphone to our mouth when we're talking. But nonetheless, it could be something different. The real point of that talking through a veil is about a week later, a little less than a week later, I had a confrontation with a fellow in town who had caused some problems for a friend of mine, a couple friends of mine. And when I confronted him on it, and it wasn't really much of a confrontation, it was just that, you know, you called something that you shouldn't have been calling there because you, you didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> Anyway, he literally blew a gasket on me. And a couple days after that, I was praying and, and just worshiping, and I found myself weeping for over an hour. And I thought, God, why am I weeping? Why is this going on and on? It was well over an hour for, for this one guy. And he just said, Terry, He's lost. And then he said the rest of it. He said, and you go to church with a lot of people who have some of the same problem that he does, it's just not so severe. You see, people are afraid. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. It doesn't matter who's behind the veil, or who's behind the costume. God knows who's there. But that's oftentimes just a disguise, and it's still a distraction from our life and who we could really become. What I'm after today is God knows what's behind the veil. Most of you know what's behind your veil. But Satan has different plans than God does. He created you, he wants his creation to be fully functional and profitable. However, we believe the lies of the veil that limit us, they control us, believing there's no way out. There's no functional profitability for us because this problem that we have that we can't seem to get over. But I believe that God called each one of us and he's there through Jesus to help us get over those problems and to get past them. With Satan's different plans for us, he's created hedges around us, veils if you would, around the greatness that God created in you. And he uses fear to keep you down. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of being exposed, fear of being inadequate, fear of change, Fear of being incapable, fear of being put down or disdained. Other things have a root of fear, but we express them differently. Angry, anger, depression, a haughty spirit, bullying. You've, you've seen it all. For many of you, you might feel like, well, the task is too big. 
there's giants in the land. And one of them's got his arms, or his hand around my throat. That's not true. If we read 1 Samuel 17, 42 to 44, Goliath disdained David. He put him down. He cursed him. And he threatened him bodily harm. But as we might say in today's vernacular, Goliath found out that David could really rock. And that's the outlook that we want to have when we're walking with our Savior. Consider this. The Goliaths in our lives parade boldly around us, abusing us in every way, until we stand up in our rightful authority and break his power. We have both the authority and the power through Jesus to do just that. Others can stand with us, but we can't stand, they can't stand for us. As James says, resist the devil and he will flee. Consider this also. You may feel you're standing alone in your fear, or you may justify your fear because everyone else is afraid. But if we read 1 Samuel 17, 8 to 11, Goliath successfully intimidated Saul and his army morning and night for 40 days, and they were all afraid. It amazes me how easily Christians fall into this group of group fear trap. Other examples, Moses, while he was deployed on the mountain to do the Ten Commandments, it was less than 30 days, and by the time he got back, they'd already abandoned the Lord, created their own calf, and was worshiping an idol. Man, I'm so thankful I'm in this church. If, I, if our pastor was gone for 30 days, I wouldn't have any fear that we'd be worshiping idols within that period of time. I have no fear of that at all. Um, the Egyptians chasing them down to the Red Sea. Even though they had just gone through the 10 plagues and the last one being the Passover where Pharaoh really got his put down, they were afraid and ready to go back to Egypt to become slaves because they were afraid of the very Pharaoh that just sent them out having been beaten by God. The report of the spirits returning from the promised land, uh, the report of the spies returning from the promised land. Remember they all went, they spent uh, I think about 40 days spying out the promised land. Most of them came back with how big the giants were and all that kind of stuff. One came back and said, no, folks, we can do this. But the group fear grabbed hold of them and took over. Um, I'll refer to that as group think. This is exposed in its power to override trust in God. Group think is not a sheep being led astray as, the poor, as with poor leadership. It is replacing leadership with fear driven by the desire for security. Groupthink fear is another issue though, and I want to stick to the personal issue of fears in your life, the smaller things, not the group deal. Other examples of fear, Matthew 8, 23 to 26. Jesus, remember, walked across the water and got into the boat, and they, or the, he got into the boat and they took off from shore, and pretty soon a storm overpowered and was splashing water all over, and they, they uh, woke him up and asked him, how can you sleep through this? And they, he just said, you don't need to be afraid of this. It's just a simple, simple thing. And he put the wind down, and they went about calmly on their way. 
Matthew 14, 25 to 31, a very similar situation where Jesus hangs behind after talking to the crowd, and as the apostles are going across the lake, they again have a big storm, and he comes walking to them in the middle of the night. And they, they actually say their first words out of their mouth is, it must be a ghost. Now look at the character of the men who succumb to fear. And that's why this morning I'm not bringing a word of condemnation that you might be under fear of something. It's a word of encouragement. Look at the character of these men who had been traveling with Jesus, still succumb to fear in that location. And even after that, he said, oh, don't worry, folks, I'm here. Everything's okay, it's just me. And then Peter says, well, if it's really you, command me to come and walk on the water, which he did. And he got almost to Jesus, and then what happened? He succumbed to fear again. So even though you're working against the fear in your life, Satan's going to keep trying to throw it back at you. He's going to keep trying to beat you up with it. Are you afraid of being labeled? Oh, you have been. Every one of us has been labeled for something or another in our life, and we didn't particularly like the label in most cases. But if you look at uh, Matthew 11, 18, and 19, Jesus and John are both labeled the same way. Uh, John came and they said he had a demon and Jesus came and said he was a wine-bibber. Well, you know, what have they said about us? Big, big deal. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get over it. Um, Satan uses ex extraneous items, lies, distortions, distractions, labels, to draw our attention to how God really created us. I believe Satan has thrown a veil of some sort over all of us at one time or another. If you're feeling something holding you down today, please come forward and let somebody pray with you. We'll pray with you, but Jesus is the one that will be doing the work in your life and setting you absolutely free from the problem that plagues you. If you don't get to the veils torn loose from your life, you're only subject to a less than future and Satan loves your permission to continue harassing you in any way he can. We live in strange times, and I believe they will be more so. Not only are they strange, they're oppressive, they're repressive, and I believe they'll become worse for a while yet. The COVID-19 pandemic brought with it a, a pandemic of fear. The first pandemic I remember in my life was the pandemic of fear of atomic war when as kids we'd climb under our desks at school to save ourselves. <laughs> what, a, what an effort. <laughs> the Bible says, fear not. There are numerous examples in the Bible of fear causing problems, so let us not allow it to be a veil over any of our futures. I have no desire to go into the future handicapped and rather look to the future actually with some excitement and expectancy. As a Christian, my expectations are high for being part of God's plan to stand against the coming evil. I'm sure I won't like some of it, but uh, some, some of what comes is just going to be dislikable. And being afraid is not going to be the way to respond to what I dislike. Dis dislike and, and fear are two totally different ballgames, and I don't want to play in the fear game. I want to leave you with a prophecy and a verse from Job 39, 19 to 25, and this thought. Will you be strong to help others through a turbulent future? 
or will you be in sick bay with them because of the veils over you which weren't removed? This is a prophecy that was handed to me yesterday by someone who had no idea what my message was going to be about. Beloved, all the power and authority of the enemy has been disabled by Jesus. You serve a powerful king who loves to fight. The battle is always mine because I relish the conflict. You are in the joyful business of working from a place of victory, never towards it. Your role is to partake in my overcoming. Therefore, you always know the outcome before the battle. Abide in me, beloved child, and you will stand in my presence and occupy your standing in power and victory. I desire that you live a life that partners with victory in a way that guarantees the outcome of every conflict. You can only lose this fight if you lack focus. My people do not require uh, rescuing. They have a mindset in Christ that is aligned with majesty. They see everything as an opportunity to believe. They are privileged to trust me. I am excited to teach you how to move in faith. If you want to explore my heart for you in this combat, my favor is ever present. Allow this oppositional situation to reveal it to you. Ask me for this revelation so that you may encounter me. I want you to delight in me when your life is contested. I have made arrangements for you to advance and increase in the spirit. And then I'll read you Job. And I think this, this will refer to each of you that want to let it be a description of you coming into the future. Have you given the horse strength? Have you clothed his necks with thunder? Can you frighten him like a locust? His, majest, his majestic snorting strikes terror. He paws in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He gallops into the clash of arms and he mocks at fear and is not frightened. Nor does he turn back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him, the glittering spear and the javelin. He devours the distance with fierceness and rage. Nor does he come to a halt because the trumpet has sounded. At the blast of the trumpet, he says, Aha! And he's ready to go. Are we ready to go into the future and dump the things that are holding us back right now? Thank you. Is that better? Oh, there we go. So I am. Okay, we verified it. I'm technically challenged. Um, all right. Thank you, Terry, for that message, and thank you, Lord, for preparing his heart for that message. And um, wow, yes, fear. Father, fear. We all have it. It's part of our survival instinct. Fear, you know, flight or fight. But without fear, there cannot be bravery. And so, Father, I just pray that you would give us bravery in the midst of our fear. And 
because of our lack of understanding and all that you have laid out for our lives, we, we do have fear. It's a reality in our lives. But because of our faith in you, we can have, be brave, and we need to be brave, and we need to stand tall, and we need to proclaim what it is that makes us, call, uh, makes us brave, and that is you, Father. So, Father, I just thank you for that opportunity to, and that ability to be able to be brave in your name. And um, through all these challenges, there is a light, and you know where it is, and we will find it. We just need to follow you. Stay close behind you. Let the dust of your sandals cover us so that we are not lost in our, in our travels towards the destiny that you have prepared for each and every one of us. And Father, just help us to stay brave, to stay strong, and to not live in the fear that we, we so naturally are inclined to. And I say his name of Jesus Christ. Amen.